you're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Voices of Value, Rick Rushton here with my good friend Peter Kakos. Pete, welcome back for another great week of learnings. Absolutely, Rick. It's uh, it's great to be here with our special guest today, and we're going to get right into the crux of some um, some really good takeaways here today, Rick. I mean, we've identified in, in recent weeks um, some pretty serious sort of challenges that, we yep. yeah, that people um, face here. And uh, now it's time to share some resources and I guess some um, some how-tos, if you like. How do we combat um, the challenges that, 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 that some face and how do we help those who are dealing with um, certain things that go on in their lives? So I thought, why not get one of the best life coaches in to talk to us about real-life strategies? Very smart, mate, because as you know, we've identified the challenge. We now want to give the resources. And when you want to give resources, you can go to uh, just about anywhere at the speed of click. But if you want to go to the absolute best of the best, you go to those that were actually at the ground floor of this. When we talk about coaching, Pete, you know, coaching seemed to be just glorified training wrapped up into a, a title. But this person is somebody who's got the credentials, was doing it long before the title was really known, you know, way back in the, let's not dated too much, but way back in the 80s and the <laughs> 90s, and has got a, an amazing track record behind her working in elite sport with elite companies with elite information, which we want to share today. So today we have with us Shanna Kennedy, who is a life coach and one of the, well, I guess, Melbourne's first life coaches, because that was some 20 years ago. Now, that was when life coaching, Rick, probably... Yeah, it was just a word that was sort of thrown around. No one really knew what it what it was, and it no. was uh, it was quite foreign to a lot. So really interested to um, to hear that. So, but certainly has built an incredibly thriving executive coaching business now. Is a life strategist, and, and gets people to perform optimally with a view for longevity in their career professionally, and, and but still to have a life outside of work. Shanna has written five books now. Her sixth book. Will be um, is going to is going pen to paper right now and, and should be released uh, next year in twenty twenty. You've only written one, Rick. What's yeah, I know. I've got to take a good hard look at myself. What have I been doing? Yeah, unbelievable. But um, welcome to Voices of Value, Shannon Kennedy. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Shan, it's it's so good to have you here, and um, and you've been listening to um, recent guests that we've had on the show. And um, hence why we thought it was the absolute optimum time to, to have you in to uh, speak to our listeners. Um, talk to us about how it all started for you, though. Take us back to, um, to that, say, two yeah. decades ago yeah. when you started you know, the life I'm coaching. I'm not that When old. you were 12. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it all started for me because I was working in corporate sport and I was working basically seven days a week because sports on the weekend. So I'd go to all the sporting events. I was a bit of a Jerry Maguire and my job was to buy and sell athletes. And during the week I do all the paperwork and the contracts and things. And I really saw what was happening to athletes outside of the arena. And in the time I was working seven days a week, I developed chronic fatigue syndrome. So I had to take a year off basically and lie in bed where I'd broken my body, I'd broken my system, I had no self-care strategies whatsoever. I was really brought up with work ethic, work ethic, work ethic, good European family, if you sit down you're lazy, keep working, keep working and I really was never taught well-being, self-care, it was just 
FOMO, fear of missing out, do as much as you can. And I think that in the time that I was sick, I was really thinking about my athletes. I had 200 athletes I was looking after and doing their contracts for them. And I was thinking, God, look what happens to them when they've, the Olympics is finished or, you know, the footballer gets dropped from the team and they had no life plan. Mm-hmm. They had no clue of who they were without their job. And I was then thinking, who is anyone without their job? Because our job is what we do. It's not who we are. So if you haven't developed yourself as a person, as a human being with some great strategy and structure, you know, anything can be taken away from you very quickly. And that's your cut through question, isn't it? If you're working with CEOs as you do today in corporate Australia, corporate globally, really, if you're working with elite anybody, the first question you ask them is, who is Peter Kakos without the title or who is Rick Rushton without his role? Who are you without your job? Because many of us identify ourselves through our job and that sort of dictates almost who we are and how we act and how we behave. But your question really cuts to the core and says, well, take that aside for a minute. Who are you really? And it gets yeah. you to really start questioning, who am I really? What do I value? How do I want to be seen? By and it's my... really frightening. Yeah. It's really scary. And so I, had to go, I had to go through it myself. Yeah. So when I left this company that I worked for, I was everyone's best friend because because I had a lot of money to spend, a lot of product to give away, and I had my 500 emails a day and <laughs> my, you know, box seat to everywhere I wanted to go. And the, the day after I left, I wasn't getting any emails. Like, I was a nothing without that title. And I went into a really big depression because I didn't know who I was either. Mm-hmm. And I was quite ill. How old were you now? Then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now at this stage of then, the story, yeah. I was sort of uh, like going in the moment like there. Late, I was like, How late 20s. I was there. I was there late when you were 20s. talking about it. Late 20s. <laughs> and I bit burnt out by my late 20s because I worked so hard and was so driven, A-type overachieving perfectionist with no self-care. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I'm getting really depressed. Went to the doctor. They said, here, have some antidepressants. And I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not for me. And I actually employed a life coach and I'd never heard of one before. But it changed my life. Because I had no strategy for myself. I had a strategy for work, but not for myself. And I had to set goals like walking to the letterbox and tick it off. Mm. Could I actually walk to the end of the street? Because I couldn't walk. I couldn't shower myself I couldn't do anything my whole body was broken it's adrenal burnout completely which I have to manage still today without pills and I really thought I'm going to build myself a great strategy so I can have longevity in my career so that I can build a career for myself where I can manage myself and I can really help other people that's great. So you work with the elite, don't you? Mm. I mean, you you work with some elite. I work with um, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I also want to look at uh, and just direct it more just to, to, to matter where you're at in your life or, or what level you think you're at. But I was, to, I was going to sort of move towards elite um, elite sporting people, um, those elite in their business, the higher up in the business. So, And, and again, it gets back to this not discriminating. It, it doesn't matter what level you're at in business. You might think this person looks like they've got everything going on. How, yeah. you know, how yeah. could you be depressed or how could you be upset or how could you be whatever, yeah. whatever's going on in your life? Um, take us, Shanna, to what's the number one of the people that you coach um, which is from all walks of life. All yep, so walks. Mm-hmm. All walks of life. So what would be the common denominator for all these people as the number one thing they're dealing with? They are not coping 
with the pace of the world. They, they are on this treadmill. It's like they're a hamster on the wheel and they're saying, I don't know how to get off. I don't know how to press pause. I don't know how to slow it down. I've got no time. I'm just on this merry-go-round and I don't know who I am anymore. I'm existing. I'm surviving. I'm not thriving. Mm. So they've lost self-connection completely. And, you know, when I studied life coaching, everyone was like, what's a life coach? And this is, this is um, yeah, 20 years ago. So I was one of the first in Melbourne and it was a horrible path to go down because everyone was like, why would you leave your amazing corporate high-flying job <laughs> to be a life coach? Like, what's a life coach? Who'd want a life coach? Yep. And it's a little bit like personal training started where you can go for a run yourself, but when you run with a trainer next to you, you go to a whole new level. You get strategy, you get structure, you get um, bespoke training for yourself because we're all individual, unique human beings. So a life coach comes in and says, okay, you're on your hamster wheel no matter who you are. I've got clients who are multi-millionaires who have retired right through to 20-year-olds starting their career and everybody in between, but a lot of high flyers and a lot of, you know, footballers, etc. It's really about you need to get your own recipe for longevity so that you feel grounded and feel like you can cope. You have to have that home plate going. And the first thing is, who are you without your job? Yeah. Which nobody knows the answer to. Fantastic. Mm. Let's start and build that person. And that's when it becomes really exciting. Mm. So give us an example of that. What would, um, you know, a, a typical CEO of a, of, of a global company, what, what would a typical answer be um, for someone? Because it might be a challenging question. That's what I'm try, sort of trying to allude to here. Well, what I'm hearing is it's a challenging question whether you're the CEO of a high multinational company or whether you're a 20-year-old trying to make your way. And Shannon's obviously asking mm. the question of all of them. Yeah, and they're no all one the has same. A, that, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so what are you finding when you, when you peel back some of these layers? Well, none of them – we don't get taught at school life strategy. We don't get taught at school any life skills, wellness skills, things that actually make us go inside – Everything is about how to survive on the outside, like how to survive on the footy field or, you know, Wayne was talking about for that two hours, I've got my strategy and I can be the toughest man on the planet, yep. but walk off there. I don't have a strategy. So it's really about teaching people what's your strategy just for, for being a human being. And nobody has that. And we don't get taught that at school. We get mm. taught, you know, do this, go into that box, fit in here. And people don't go inside and reflect. And it's really heightened now because of we've got social media i've got teenagers to take that thing away from them is so confronting because they're so used to entertainment instead of education and entertainment instead of boredom they don't know what boredom is mm. nobody knows what boredom is because <laughs> they just start scrolling and entertain themselves That's and it's point. in those moments when you were growing up probably and you were out in the cubby house or riding a bike around the court playing or cricket the playing street. cricket in the street and you know i was just riding my bike everywhere that's the time that you were alone yeah and yep. no one's having any alone time and that's where all the answers are yeah and some of the best things i'm hearing at the moment pete is one of the best gifts you can give your children in 2019 is boredom because in those moments yeah. of boredom they're going to have some creativity and in those moments of creativity they'll think about something that wasn't available it's, it's in the gaps in your thinking where the creativity comes in and because we're always trained with our right thumb to be engaged you mm. know or as you say entertained we don't have that gift of boredom yeah mm. it's interesting uh i took my children four and six to the, their first game of footy this year 
Rick, just so you know, Shannon's a North Melbourne supporter as well. Yeah, so, sorry to um, hear that. But <laughs> clearly you had but, a lot of work to do with your own self-coaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I took them and instantly I, um, well, M got the backpack um, pack for them and all the, <laughs> yeah. all the goodies and so forth. And, uh, and I slotted an iPad in there um, for them as well because I, I had a fair idea they'd be pretty bored with the footy after, you know, maybe... I don't know, maybe half a quarter or a quarter. Especially North. Who are you, who are you playing? It's <laughs> yeah, tough. It's tough. tough. <laughs> anyway, but um, and she goes, what's this? I said, oh, it's just in case they get bored. She goes, uh, no. No, I don't think so. And then took the iPod out, iPad out and put in colouring books and colouring pencils. Mm. Um, amazing. So guess what? They got bored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a quarter in. I think Oscar said to me after about three minutes, he goes, we go home now, Daddy? Yeah. And can and, I uh, bear for Collingwood now, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't say that. And then got out the colouring books and so they, they watched the game, coloured a bit, watched the game and it worked beautifully. But it was mm. just amazing. It's mm. just – that was a re- would have been a really easy option for me yeah. um, with the iPad and, again, that, that – Tactile sort there of thing. Yeah. Other sort oh, it's of much harder to take it away and, uh, and watch them get bored and frustrated. You know, I take my kids' phones and iPads and everything away every night at 9 o'clock so I'm the worst mum in the right. world. But I say to them, my job as a mum is to protect your sleep. And you've got the – passionate belief about that I, I've been doing this for about five years now where my phone gets charged in my downstairs study mm-hmm. I've grabbed it from my wife to make sure that when we're in our bedroom there's no sort of and we do that with our daughter's phone now and our sons they're 27 and 25 so they're a bit hard to do that with yeah. but there, you know there is that need to make sure that they're not hardwiring themselves as you talk about like an addict hardwires themselves to a you know a, a, a slot machine or a you know yeah, it's addictive a, it's very mm-hmm. addictive isn't it mm-hmm. but so again I guess the question that Pete was raising with you and I, I'm really keen to hear it too. We all get 168 hours in the week. You get it, I get it, the 20-year-old gets it, the multi-millionaire gets it. Mm-hmm. What, how do you get them off the, as you call it, that sort of hamster wheel, off the treadmill of time and get them into more purpose? What, what is it that you do other than asking them, yeah. other than yeah. your job? You know, So many things. So we always start with, you know, how do you want to feel and, and where do you want to get to in the next three years? So we all do 20-year plans because we want to open your brain. And I was talking to you this before, Pete, it's, it's if you're driving around the roundabout all the time, that's the anxiety wheel where you're just surviving all the time. But what have I said? We live in Melbourne and then we're going to go to Sydney and then Brisbane and then Darwin and we're going to end up in the Maldives. Just took your brain on a big journey to the Maldives. So when I you was, I was there, then. Yeah. you were there, right? <laughs> yeah. So so good. when I when you come across a, something in the paper that says, oh, there's a festival in Darwin and there's, you know, um, a concert in Brisbane, you're already looking at, oh, I might put that on my plan. Um, I might put that on my strategy over there because you've already allowed your brain to open. And most people say, I don't know what I'm doing next month. Yeah. Yeah. So you project them forward to… 20 years. Yeah, 20 wow. Years. So you have to basically write your age down for 20 years and then your partner's age and your kid's age and it's one of the most powerful documents I do with any CEO and they freak out because <laughs> they go, <laughs> "Yeah, I've got a lot of time. Yeah. Why am I trying to jam everything into this week? And why am I thinking about what my body's going to be doing in the next 10-year period, um, what the, the landscape of our family unit is going to look like? Like in 10 years' time, yeah. both of my kids have finished school. That's a very different lifestyle. You're yeah. going to have two teenagers, Pete. Yeah. A very different house. <laughs> very, different. very different house. I'm going to be a grandfather. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> potentially. So, so your brain already goes there and yeah. says, okay, well, what do I want to be doing with my time? And 
I need to be a student for life. So what am I going to be curious about? Mm. So a lot of the clients I speak to, they're not curious anymore. They're just existing. Yeah, right. So we need to open the brain and say, what do you want to learn? What's going to um, help you be motivated and inspired moving forward? And the people with depression and anxiety issues are stuck in the stench of it because they don't have a plan. Yeah. And the pill and the warming up with coffee and cooling down with alcohol and taking the pills during the day are not the solution. Yeah. Yeah, it just masks it, doesn't it? I mean, mm, two interviews ago, and you mentioned Wayne earlier about how he's got the skill set as an AFL footballer at two hours on the MCG. He knows exactly what to do. He mm-hmm. knows his role. He, he he plays his role. He executes his role. He gets feedback on his role. But straight after that, he doesn't know what his role is outside of that, you know, outside mm. of being a warrior on a Saturday. And, and uh, an interview ago, we, we, we spoke with Graham Olford, 21 Renew, talks about how he works with functioning high-end CEOs who are you know functioning addicts, they're, they're masking mm. their challenges with all the things you just talked about, oh, you yeah. know, pills, cocaine, tons, you of, know, pills. tons of stuff, yeah. but they're functioning and, you, and from the outside looking in, you go, that's a successful person. I mean, yeah. look at the car they're driving, look where they live, look what they're doing, look at their income, look, 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 look. That, is that the challenge with social media now where we're comparing ourselves at the speed of click as yeah. opposed to probably saying, you know, it took me 20 years to get to this stage oh, of totally. my coaching role? And I just think it's, I, I think it's really amusing because I see and coach many of the people who have those images, yeah. the carnage behind the picture yeah. is phenomenal. There's mums dropping off kids and going to cocaine parties. I've got high-functioning um, leaders and board members mm. who just live on pills to survive the day because they have no strategy. And what my job is to unpack people, repack them with a vision, a purpose, some goals – um, some better sleeping habits, some different fuel in their body um, and really go into what are their bookends of the day. So so once you have a vision and you know where your 20 years is sort of tracking in that direction and you know what the landscape's going to be, you can set some goals. Like if you want to be tying up your shoelaces at 70, you want to be doing a bit of yoga now. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to start yoga at 65. Yeah, right. So if you want to be really strong at 70 – Oh, you need to be going to the gym now. So it sounds great. You have a macro vision for them, two mm-hmm. decades, and a micro vision. Mm-hmm. What's your bookends to get your day going and mm. to finish your day? And <coughs> then all parts in between then you start to, as you say, repack them. I'm interested to go a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So my 70-year-old self is very happy with me today because I've already been at 5.30 down the beach this morning with my dog, with a light on the dog, <laughs> <laughs> with my husband. You know, we have a great walk on the beach in the mornings with the beanie and the jackets. It's an investment. Yep. It is the small things that people do every day that have that compounding huge effect. And it's not about making a big change. So people come to me saying, I need big change and oh, my life's, you know, I need this and this and this and I want the shiny things over there, all the shiny lights. I want to be like that person and that person. It isn't a big change. It's usually clarity. It's about making them slow down and get into some really good supportive habits that will support them mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually moving forward. So you've got to have a little bit of a blueprint for yourself and we call them the bookends of the day. Yeah, how you term. start that, the day yep. and how you, you finish, finish the, the day, day yep. is under your control. That first hour and the last hour is under your control. The rest is usually got a lot of other people and events and curveballs thrown at you. But if you can ground yourself twice a day, 
you can get that self-connection going, you can slow the hamster wheel down and you can find some clarity and some gratitude in this amazing life that you've been given. But most people just get up and they just roll, roll how, into that wheel. How good is that strategy, Pete? I think it's um, it's very refreshing to know that they're, they're just the subtle changes. It yep. really is getting back to a Kaizen principle, isn't it, when the small incremental changes yep. that eventually all add up to be quite monumental but it's just starting with a with the smaller stuff mm. and if you just did that one thing or those mm. two things i should say yeah. start of the day end of, End the, of the day, day. bookends love um, it. the bookends absolutely mm. brilliant i'm loving these tools and tips C- yeah. keep going keep yeah going. that's right well, it's a bit of it's a little bit like the phone yeah. so if you sleep with the phone next to your bed the last thing you touch before you go to sleep is your phone mm. and you fire it up all those neural pathways in the brain that gamble so that addictive stuff going in and you're trying to sleep with your subconscious going, I wonder what's happening in breaking news and I wonder what's on Instagram at the moment and Twitter and everything else and, oh, my emails are on there too. So you've just wheeled the filing cabinet in next to your bed. Oh, how many likes did my last post get? (laughs) I'm up again. Yeah, I'm going well. It's almost like… So then then you're saying to your body, now go to sleep. Yeah. And it's got all that cortisol running through it. Yeah. So then you go to sleep and then what's the first thing you touch in the morning? <laughs> Should be your partner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could touch be wrong. your partner first. <laughs> yeah. But you go for the phone because you want to turn the alarm off. Yeah, right. So the first thing you've touched is your phone. So you've set off. Are you watching me this morning? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you set off a stress response in your body before you even yep. got out of bed. And that's a great tip because so many people say, I, I understand, but I need my phone to wake up. No, you don't. Go, go get a cheap alarm clock. Yeah. I got a really expensive one. So my husband got his phone out of the bedroom <laughs> as well. <laughs> and the other thing is if you've got kids, yep. they're going to say, well, you have it in your yeah, room. Exactly. So I want it in my room. So you do have to set that example. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So keep going with it. As Pete said, I mean, just the bookends mm, the alone bookends. is so made the bookends this worthwhile is, for yeah, me. Yeah, the bookends is the first hour. Yep. So all of my clients have to have their first hour strategy down pat, which means minute by minute, what are you doing? The miracle morning type thing. So for me, it's get up, move my body for an hour. So that means, oh, sorry, go back. Before I even get out of bed, do my breathing, set my intention for the day, get up, move my body. So that means going to yoga or walking down the beach or going to the gym, come back, write down my little list that's really important for me for the day, wake up my kids. So before I've even woken up my kids, I've moved my body, set my intention, done my breathing, got into my gratitude and got my list ready. Starting at what time? 5.30. Okay. Thank God not the 5 a.m. club if no. I hear that one more yeah, time. Yeah, no, that's just, that's just pushing it for me a little bit. These 4.49ers, they're the ones I <laughs> yeah. want. Yeah, that's a bit too early. Okay, so 5.30. So you're up 6.30. Yeah. Now you've set yourself up for the day. Now you're yeah. starting to focus intention outwardly now to your kids. Yeah, yeah. And I and then I pick up my phone after breakfast. Wow. So if I pick up my phone before breakfast, then I'm sort of, oh, look, well, so-and-so's done that today. That, you, you're not present. You feel like you want to reply to things. Not well. present. Mm. So that's the rule. Mm. The other end of the day is just as important, which people forget about, is how you finish the day. So they often roll into bed still watching Netflix, flicking their phone and expecting a great night's sleep. And sleep is the dishwasher for your brain. So you don't want to be clogging it all up just before. And if you can't sleep properly, it's you're overstimulated and your hormones aren't right. So the last hour of the day is really, really important. So that's me washing my face, brushing my teeth. I write my gratitude, do some breathing, put all the phones away an hour before I even go to bed. Mm. Just let the brain settle. 
So the research says we need an hour of no screen time, not the TV, but that addictive screen time before bed. So if you're going to bed at 10, you've got to switch off at 9. And what time yep. do you what, – so 5.30 start, what time would you say you're sort of checking out, depending on your day, I guess? But 9.30. Yeah, okay. <laughs> My poor husband, I'm like, I've got to go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> but he's the same yep. because he's a CEO. Yep. He runs winter sport for the country and he's got to make enormous amount of decisions every single day. So if you want to be sharp, if you want to be grounded, you – you got to get up early. What I'm hearing there is Pete should be much sharper than what he is because he's in bed by <laughs> 8 o'clock most nights. <laughs> um, I'm about 9. nine and no, no, you are. For me. Okay. You are. Okay, okay. <laughs> Shanna, uh, talk to us about um, vision and goal setting. Goal setting is a, is, is a reluctance activity for many. Mm. Um, most people just don't have goals, mm. quite simply, and, uh, and also tying that in with vision. How important is that with the work that you do? Yeah, essential. Essential. So goal setting, don't think about the old school goal setting of I'm going to have my own business in three years time or whatever. That's really fantastic. But I'd much rather that what's your goal for today? What is your affirmation for today? The brain is a computer and it's got viruses coming in all the time and that's our negative self-talk and you know, if we care about ourselves, that means we're selfish and it's got all this incredible chatter going on. If we don't program it every day with what we want to feel and how we want to think, it'll just run its own race. It's really powerful. So hence you set your intention for the day, set your goals for the day, and then you get a sense of achievement. And for people with anxiety and depression and mental health issues, you need to fuel your sense of achievement every day, not in three years' time. Mm. It's what's going to be really important for me to achieve today. And it might be catching those negative um, thoughts that keep coming in. What am I doing to care today for my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health? Do I need to meditate for five minutes? We don't need to go to a class and wear purple pants. You yeah. know, we can, we can really learn. I used to meditate um, parked in my car before school pickup mm. because I couldn't be this crazed A-type overachieving perfectionist corporate person walking into the school ground because yeah. my kids would just... Are you Run using any particular <laughs> apps for, for the meditation? Uh, I like Smiling Mind, yeah. which is free. Uh, Insight Timer, that has thousands and thousands of meditations and you just put in the time that you want, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen, and it's got sleep ones and it's got happy ones. And, yeah, I'm a big, big fan of breathing because mm. the breath is your direct communicator from the brain to your nervous system. To say this is how I'm really, truly feeling. Yeah. Is there a shark out there? Yeah. Or is there not? Yeah. So if you're shallow breathing, which people with anxiety are shallow breathing, people that are on Instagram with their beautiful life, they're all shallow breathing. They're all just chasing that hamster wheel. If you're not deep breathing and you haven't got that calm confidence, you're not going to make great decisions for yourself. You're not going to be connected to yourself. So the breath is a skill. It's like going taking a pill every day. Mm. I'd rather do my breathing mm. instead of taking a pill because yep. that's telling my body everything's okay. 
So you're talking about breathing from the diaphragm. Diaphragmatic breathing. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, uh, so, so when you drive your car, you want to push the bottom half of the seatbelt out. Yep. Um, that's my practice. Yeah. So when I'm driving, There's people I'm in their car right now. <laughs> <laughs> push, push your belly out, please. <laughs> Do not move your shoulders. <laughs> uh, and please be aware of all road signs. And yes. <laughs> but the breathing is that fitness of yep. calm confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got that. I mean, I you know we met for the first time, and I was stuck on a phone call. And uh, you know, in, in the throw of things, and I'm looking at you, thinking she's now probably thinking this is the classic stereotypical guy I coach, <laughs> someone who can't let a phone call go. But I'm someone who, when I'm there, I'm there, and when I'm on it, I'm on it. Um, if I'm listening to this now, thinking I want to, I'm intrigued enough to connect with Shannon, but I, but I'm someone who just can't let go of my role. I can't like the world will stop turning if I don't show up. You know, yeah. how do you how do you attack that? No, attack's the wrong word. How do you approach that particular client to give them the surety that it's okay, the income will still come in yeah. and I'm gonna make you a better person by default mm. and the income will continue to grow because of what we're doing. How would you attack because that? Because it's a person? it's a little bit like telling that person they're an athlete. Yep. So if an athlete just keeps training and training and training and training and doesn't do the recovery yep. and doesn't take the time off, they cannot perform at their peak. It's not possible. They're That's burnt out. That's a great analogy, Pete, because a lot of athletes, they go, I'm stuffing up here, so I'm going to train harder. Yeah, and, and it's <laughs> oh, interesting yeah. when, you, when you have a look at sporting teams now and the emphasis now on recovery, recovery yeah. is just really heightened, hasn't it? Yeah, mm. although what a lot of professionals do, they go, I'm missing shots at goal, so I'll just practice much, much more shots at goal, where mm. what you're saying, Shannon, is maybe you're practicing a flawed process. Let's change the process and the outcome might be mm. a little yeah. bit different and therefore you don't need to dedicate so much time to it. Absolutely. Stop going down the the same straight all the time, this pathway that you've been traveling for the last 10 years. It's actually not serving you so much anymore because the world's changed. Mm. The world has changed. Mm. So, Shani, you are still – you mentioned before and and, and mentioned um, to me before we were on air that the chronic fatigue is still something that you deal with um, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, which is uh, which is interesting. Talk to us about that and 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 your strategies around that. Um, so it's not something that's just gone, you know, a quick fix and see you later. Yeah. You've actually had to um, upskill and and uh, yeah, create strategies around dealing with that. Yeah, totally. So chronic fatigue, it's like I've got a cracked system now. You know, I don't have that strong constitution where you can just keep pushing. So I used to be able to go to any party and, you know, you don't feel great but you just push through because you've got total FOMO, fear of missing out. <laughs> so I went to all the athlete parties and the after parties and then I'd go out for a dinner and this. Now I now I have to say, hang on, is it essential? <clears throat> what is essential for me at the moment? Is it to go to the footy club on Friday night? Actually, no. I've just done three talks interstate this week. I'm actually better off just lying on the couch. Mm. So I have to really now go back into that self-care strategy. For me to be a great mum and a great wife and a great coach and a great friend, I need to care about myself. We need to keep the tank topped up. So I see a naturopath. Um, I have a high supplementation going on, which is really important. Yep. I need to have, guard my sleep with an iron fist, mm. absolutely. And I need to really care. Mm. I need to care now. Mm. And it's not being selfish, that's just self-interest. If you if you don't look after yourself, you can't be – the old saying is you take care of me and I'll take care of you. It's mm. almost like I'll take care of me to be ready for you if you'll take care of you to be ready for me if I need you. And that's really that self-interest part. And that if, you're, if your tank is full, 
you can give. Yeah. And you can give really well. Yeah. So if you're running around with an empty tank and then you go home, do you inspire the family or drain them? A lot of people are walking in that front door empty. Well, Pete has to go home very full because he's got Batman. He lives with Batman. And, <laughs> and he bashes Rick up. He does. He's got – well, that's not that's nothing too hard to do. So, so, to so even Pete, so even Pete in the driveway, you could be doing, you know, two minutes of breathing before you go into Batman. Yeah. Yep. And, and you will feel completely different than if you just park the car and walk straight no, in. That's a great point. I, I, I've got to say that I, I've done this and, and I'm, I'm probably – you know, I'm certainly guilty of sort of trying something or doing something for, for a few days or a week or so and then, then letting it go. What would your tip be for those types of people? Let's call them me. Um, there's someone I know actually. Uh, I'm, I'm asking for a friend of mine. That's right. Uh, what about those that, that, that do it for two or three days? Meditation's mm. a classic. Mm. How many people, yeah, I tried meditating, did it for a few days, yeah, didn't, really didn't really work, work for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what are your tips for those those people who are – just to follow through. Because you want to focus on the habits that you're going to be connected to to make you into the person that you want to be, not just for the sake of it. Yeah, I've heard meditation's great. The base of meditation is breath. So I would rather start mastering my breath and really understanding how I can control my hormones and my mindset and my happiness gauge through my breath and say, yeah, I have to meditate every day because that doesn't gel with me. So it has to be practical. It has to be built into a habit that you already have, like brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. You know, we brush our teeth. Mm. I don't do it once a week and then no. just give up. Yeah. <laughs> we brush our teeth. So what is the one habit? I'd rather my clients really weave in a habit that they want for the rest of their life that mm. actually has a compounding effect. That's great. You mentioned the word before essentials, um, which is a good segue mm. into your new business. Yes. Um, the essentialists. Um, where you've joined with another mum from school. Um, all, gil- uh, all good deals are done in the playground. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was on the back of napkins, but it's apparently in the playground, playground. now. Um, but this is all about teaching um, you know, life skills and wellness skills and so forth. Talk to us a bit about this new business. Yeah, it came together because we're both really passionate about self-care and we had all these clients and she's a coach as well and we had all these clients that we were starting from the basics, yet they were really high achievers. So a lot of my clients said, come in and keep talking to my staff. We need this to go through the whole organisation. So we formed together, we called ourselves the essentialists because it was about let's just do what's essential and not all that, you know, there's positive psychology and that's fantastic and there's all these other things, but let's go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. People don't know their values. Yep. They know the values of the company, but they don't know their own. And you're the asset here. Mm. So if you think of yourself as the asset, how are you going to protect, nourish, nurture, grow and evolve as an asset if you don't even know your own values which sit in your belly? So we go into companies and we teach values, breathing, vision, stress coping strategies. So, you know, last year we were at Deloitte and we would do 200 people, have an hour off, do another 200 people for two hours and teach skills because self-care is a skill set. Mm. And people would just after two minutes of breathing, get teary. They said, I haven't done that for a long time. Mm. Why aren't there more people doing this? Like you're, you're in a, you know, we're talking about 20 years ago as you're a, mm. uh, a trailblazer, if you like. You're, you're, you're well and truly have been the torchbearer for a long, long time. Well ahead of your time. Well mm. ahead. What? I think what? it's just starting. So when I was going to football clubs 10 years ago, and I think I sort of mentioned here that I've had some apologies lately from 
footy ex-footy coaches that said, when I spoke to you, I wasn't ready to hear it. I knew it, but I wasn't ready to hear it. Mm. And too many people now, we, we all know people that have taken their lives. Mm. People actually now have to hear it. Mm. And a lot of the companies now are starting to understand that we need to upskill and educate people on how to look after themselves because they don't know. They're stuck on this Instagram world and they've got KPIs to meet and they're trying to be fit and they're trying to have a family and it's all too much and it's too fast and they don't protect their sleep and they don't eat properly and they've got no strategy for themselves and they don't even know who they are because they're not connected to themselves. So we need to now teach self-care. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a um, – I'm absolutely loving this, Shanna, by the way. It's just so – well, so, so, so it's an important segue from what we've been talking about the last oh, month, really. Yeah. So you know what's really interesting? I was listening to a, um, a podcast during the week. It was one of the founders of um, SoulCycle. And uh, SoulCycle started in NYC, um, I think it was around about 2006, thereabouts. And she was talking about how if you go to New York now, you, you can't cannot walk past, um, cannot not walk past a green juice like, you know, all like healthy sort of thing. And like it was only like 15 years ago, there was hardly any around. Now mm. there's just this massive so – there's health and vitality and so forth in terms of what you're eating and so forth. There's still a significant gap though, isn't it, with the, mm. with, with the mind? That's a very small percentage mm. of people that are engaged. Yeah. You know, isn't it only 1% of the population that exercise regularly? Mm. It's well, so I, small. And I think the other thing with that, Pete, is, is, is that those that seek it will find it. Those that don't know about it have no concept or no mm. no link to it. And that's kind yeah. of the important thing there. Hence why I wrote books. Yeah, exactly. Like how do we get this to the general public, mm. not just in the top law firms and in the Deloitte's and the Macquarie's and all the people that I go and see. How do we get this to every human being on the planet? That's why I wrote The Life Plan. That, and that's in all Kiki K stores around the world. It's going mm. into other languages. I want to get this to the younger generation yeah. because – They've never been bored, as mm. we as we mm. talked about before. But but getting getting back to that, the, my, my main point there was this health and vitality by way of a green juice and eating well and so forth. That's great for 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 the body. I'm more so on the mind and and what you're talking about. I, I don't think because it's it's this was like 15 years ago. I'm talking about, and all of a sudden in New York now that the, the shops are everywhere, likewise throughout Melbourne and and the rest of Australia and so forth. But it's the mind stuff. This has happened um, so quickly, yet we're now still stressed out, you know. So it's not necessarily mm. just about what you're fueling your body. Um, it, it's the mind side of things is still a reluctance, I think, to to do the adequate training and, mm. and, 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 and care, self-care mm. for the mind. But that's because there's a space, isn't there, Pete, where people go, is there an app that I can download to get my mm. mindset quick right? Fix. Yeah. Quick fix, yeah. Quick what's fix. The, what, yeah. what is yeah. the quick fix? Yeah. Exactly. So this life plan, it, it, is, a, it is a bestseller. Um, your first book, Simplify, Structure and Succeed, um, was an absolute, mm. that was a cracker. That was, was that in Kiki K as well? It was. Yeah. They bought the words and made their own book. Yeah. Um, I self-published that one. But I really had this passion for people to simplify their life. So you can be uh, an amazing real estate agent. You can be – I coach a lot of them too. <laughs> it's about let's simplify what your strategy is and go back to what's essential for you to be really successful. So let's get rid of all the clutter yeah. and let's really hone in and focus on some direction and some purpose and some boundaries for you to function really well and yeah. turn up every day, have a life outside 
as much as possible, but for you to find some real great purpose yep. every day. And, and so challenges. as the coach, where do you get your inspiration from? Who's coaching the coach, so to speak? Mm. Where, where are you getting your sort of, uh, I guess, inspiration to continue to search? I know you're on a life journey, but wh- yeah. where, where, where's your resource? I think I'm just beginning. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually feel like I'm such a student. So yep. I listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously, and TED Talks and I read a book every six weeks and um, I listen to a lot of audio in the car. But I also, on my journey of being a coach of the last 20 years, have employed a coach nearly every year for at least three or four months just to work on myself yeah. and to teach me different skills. So I'll pick coaches with, you know, the positive psychology coach and then a presenting coach and then a mindset coach and then an NLP coach just to get this in- huge array of skills coming into me for my life. And I think that's been the most valuable thing is that investment into my own learning. Isn't that important? The investment in, in, in self, yeah. um, you know, because you need to fuel yourself, don't you? You, you? You've got this outpouring of, and you're an incredibly vibrant person. You're just such a beautiful person to be around, Shanna. And this outpouring of, of emotion and just, you just feel good being around you. But, but calm. you need to replenish. But calm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, Peter. I mean, when, when Pete says those words, someone might be thinking we're sitting in a studio here with you just peeling us all, you know, you're off, off the walls. You're very, it's almost zen-like. It's almost like I'm, mm-hmm. I know the answers. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm in yeah. touch with who I am. I can confidently give this information out. And I think, you know, the key thing here, what I'm, what I'm really hearing, Pete, is that uh, there's no one size fits all. From what Shan's saying, she can tailor a program, taking all the concepts mm. and just bringing it into what's best for Peter Kakos, which might be slightly different to what's best for Rick Rushton, which might be mm. different for Joe Bloggs or Jill Bloggs. It's a case of not one size fits all. But if you've got a whole heap of resources up here, you can filter them down to what's going to work for the individual. It yeah. was almost uh, That was almost like a really good segue, Rick, into your third book, which was Chaos to Calm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Lyndall and I wrote Chaos to Calm for the corporate world. And it was actually backed by um, Cindy Hook, who was the CEO of Deloitte, who was really into wellness and she wanted to change the culture of the, the company. So it was great that she endorsed that. But it was about we need to give them the skill set in a summary version because no one's got time to read a book. So we did a sort of a summary version. And then at the end of every chapter, there was a bullet point and then full on positive affirmations to retrain your brain. So. We have sixty to 80,000 thoughts every single day. That's a lot of thoughts spinning around our head, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like a washing machine. And 80% of our thoughts are the same you thought yesterday. Mm. Wow. So you're re-run. not <laughs> wow. reprogramming and giving some new purpose and interested in learning a new way, then you're just going to keep being in that washing machine. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. that's an interesting... You can't evolve. Look at, yeah. Mm. Uh, Shanna, just for for those wanting to get in contact with Shanna, Shanna at ShannaKennedy.com. Let's spell that out, Pete. S H A N A H at S H A N A H K E N E D Y dot com. We'll have the link. We'll have the link on the podcast. I just wanted to see Pete do that. We will have the link because also the product, getting back to that essentialist, it's, and when I read the blurb of that, I reckon it was, look, it must have been a good sort of three or four years ago, um, called the Masterclass of Wellness. Yeah. I just think it is an absolute – and I know you've, you've delivered this to some pretty high-end sort of organisations, but the, I think it's an absolute must. And uh, I know the organisation that I was a part of at the time, I really implored them to, to, to be a part of this. Um, there was some reluctance there around that. 
Uh, I would guarantee there wouldn't be now. Um, but I just think it, it, it make contact with Shanna because this is an absolute, not a should, but a must for any organisation because this is just so vitally important. And Shanna's within reach. It's not as if uh, you have to be a you know, Fortune 500 company in the US or mm. you have to be an elite. You know, if I've heard anything throughout this time with Shanna, she's open to in, anyone and it, mm. from any background. She's not going to be uh, selective as to who she takes on board. She'll, she'll actually uh, engage with you and see if there's a way she can help. And she's only going to do it if she thinks she can. She's not going to do it for any other reason. <laughs> this is not a lady who has to do it for the money, folks. She still no. takes the money, of course. <laughs> she doesn't have to do it for the money. She's doing because she has filled her cup up and is very happy to you know empty it out across those that seek it but you know I think the first and most important thing Pete is to understand that our past month on this podcast has been about this incredible epidemic that's out there that we called it mental health issues and challenges and people suffering and and my whole mindset's been changed over these last three and a half weeks around it to sort of saying now it's mental well-being and that's really come because we've interviewed Wayne Schwass, because we've interviewed Graham Mulford, because we've interviewed Nick Brax. We've interviewed a lot of people who identified the challenge and now we're in front of an elite coach who can help us with resources yeah. to beat that challenge. And I think that's why it was important to have this uh, this interview today. Absolutely. Shannon, I just want to – last thing from me, and, and I think it would be fantastic for the listeners to hear – and it really ties back to this life plan. When we started working together uh, several years ago now, um, it was actually the same year and I think three months after my journey with you, you were you took what you called a pause in life. Yeah. Talk to us about that. So when I did the 20-year plan for my family, I sat down with my husband and I said, we have a one-year gap where we could take our kids out of school and not do any homework. Oh, I'm how, not old, interested. how old are the kids then? Seven and nine. And I said, this is our time. We have both worked so hard since we were 18 and we're in our mid-30s. And I said, we need to take a breath in life and we need to just savour all the things that we've created together. So he took long service and unpaid leave and I shut my business, which was terrifying. So I just built this big business, written some books, everything's going great. <laughs> now I'm about to close the door. I'm like, oh, all these competitors are going to come in and take my business. But I really had to honour myself and said, I, I actually need to take a breath too. Mm. So we did six I love months. Honour yourself. That's yeah, a really good way of looking at yeah. And for me to have longevity as a coach, I need to go and refuel, like really refuel, mm. and stop. So we went and lived in Colorado for. Um, we did a six month trip, and we did the fishing and the hiking and the mountain Skiing. biking. Now we went in the summer, ah. which was spectacular. Perfect. Yeah. And then my husband's dream was to get in the RV. The big giant <laughs> RV. And Tim so, the tall man, Taylor. Oh, I, was actually, I was actually saying to Shannon, have you seen that modern family episode? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we did six, yeah, we did six <laughs> weeks in the RV and did the Yellowstone and, and and look, going into RV parks was the biggest education <laughs> I could give my kids because we were the only people without a gun. Yeah. And you meet all walks of life in RV parks. So it was brilliant. And really educational. So here's really the things you don't learn in Harvard Business School, folks. No. Uh, get into an RV with your family and you learn things. And that modern episode, uh, sorry, modern family episode that Pete talks about, it's quite funny how it starts off that the kids are engaged, they're speaking to each other, this is great. <laughs> Claire's just waiting for the, all Claire, the blow up. Yeah, <laughs> and it does. Eventually, it does. Oh, yeah, you have those moments. But they're the moments that make the family bond. Yeah. And, you know, we were, we had moose walking around, you know, our RV and there's bears out there and it was just... 
just phenomenal. Then we went and got remarried in Vegas in the White Chapel. Fantastic. Was Elvis? Was Elvis the? Elvis walked me down the aisle. Ah. I've been there. I watched a wedding there. Once. It was our ten-year wedding anniversary. So we renewed our vows. It's on my bucket list, but I don't think Gay's going to. Oh, it was really fun. Do agree. It it was so cheesy. It was so cheesy that it was beautiful. I'd do it. It's not me. (laughs) You're looking at the wrong person. (laughs) It's you, Pete. (laughs) So that was really special with the kids. So they were at our wedding. It was just the funniest thing ever. Um, We had the whole stretch limo for the four of us. It was really great. Um, That's awesome. And, and how long then, has that refueled you for, do you think? Oh, another 15 years. Yeah. It was so good. And then we went to the Caribbean and we went to the British Virgin Islands and lived on a boat for a month. We chartered our own little boat. <laughs> oh, and we're out there in the seas for a month together and we taught our kids everything we knew about navigation and sea life and – you know, we'd rock up to these beach bars, everyone's, you know, into the rum, you know, it's like, this is just really out there. And then we just went to Mexico on the way home and our kids talk about that today. Yeah, and, and that, how, how, how many years um, ago was that? That would be... Seven, isn't it? Yeah, uh, 13, five, six years ago. Okay. So, how, do you, how did you document it? Did you... Was it, was it photo, um, video? Or? I, I made photo, coffee table photo books of the whole thing. So, there's six massive coffee table books and our kids love it. It is so special and we'll never forget. So, you know, people say, oh, I don't have time to do that. But these life experiences don't come to your front door on a silver platter. You make the time, don't you? Well, the 20-year plan says what life experiences do I want to create while I've got my kids and then what life experiences do I want once they've left home? I think I've said this with Pete in the past, but, um, you know, Gay and I had this goal, you know, where we want to take the – we grew up. Uh, quite poor financially and in terms of opportunities and one of the things we remember I can remember watching the wonderful world of Disney when it turned from black and white to colour so I'm dating myself there but <laughs> in 2008 when we took our kids to the gates of Disneyland they're just barreling on through again I looked at each other and just bawled we just bawled we just oh, going this well, was a goal we had you know, as kids knew it could never mm-hmm. have probably happen based on our upbringings and we were delivering it and then you know to have our kids sort of hand feed giraffes from a balcony and a savannah and stuff like yeah. that are things that we look back on now and go they were in our plan and we really are thrilled that we did. And, and, and I reckon that I, I reckon I skipped work for the next 10 years just mm. from that memory and it sounds yeah. like you had a similar thing so yeah. all I'm hearing with your trip is though could you adopt me because I want to. <laughs> so, and, and it doesn't have to cost much money and people think, oh, I can't afford to do that. Well, we tried to rent our house out and we save for it and an RV living is not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Shanna, as we, uh, as we start to wind up now, it, it, it's incredibly, you know, valuable sort of tips and tools. So we, we thank you so much for that. And we'd love to give something to the listeners as well if you're okay with it um, because you've just sent out to your client base which I'm very proud to be a part of, um, about a mid-year checkup mm. uh, and really around that self-connection, understanding, you know, oneself and, and so forth. And, and it's interesting what, you, what you're setting that as well and you spoke about winter and coming into winter and being a midpoint and it's interesting because you think, oh, winter, coming into cold weather and all that. And you were just so I up fire that up. winter has no distractions. It can be framed as the most productive time of the year. I went, how good is this? <laughs> but it, <laughs> I it, love it's winter. true, isn't it? Yeah, it's a time to really focus, commit work hard because, you know, you do get distracted in spring and it's nice days and smell the flowers, uh, all that all that Barbecues. type of stuff and mm-hmm. barbies and all that sort of thing. So, but you've also, um, you've got a uh, 2019 mid-year checkup with a list of thoughts and a story and so forth. Is this going to be available for, for people to sort of sure. um, 
Well, you've put yep. you've put Sharon on the spot, so yes, it will be available oh, to you. I love sharing resources because if people can go to a cafe yep. and sit with that document and dump their brain into that document, it will be the most liberating thing for them. So every listener, I would love for you to We're, do that. See, Fantastic. what other podcast gives this love, Pete? Oh, this I mean, just, that's just how we roll here at Voices of Value. And, uh, but it speaks volumes of the, of, of the sort of guests we have today. Shannon Kennedy, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've delivered so uh, so much insights and and i think inspiration to many out there i've got no doubt about that you're you're a beautiful human you you're someone who is always so willing to share every time i speak to you it's what can i do for you or, or you know what who needs help and so forth and the people that i've sent your way have just have just been glowing of, of what you've been able to do for them and um, i'm sure and I know you're open to people making contact with you and it's, uh, I think, you know, if you're looking for a, a life coach or if you're a business owner, you're looking for um, someone to come in and share some wonderful insights and inspiration and, and real great life tools, tips, strategies, um, there's no one better, Rick. I agree, Pete. And I think that the important thing to really make here is to say that in terms of coaching, it's a title that's out there, but I actually think if I'm going to engage with a coach, I want the person and it's much more important to have someone who's lived through it, been through it. When you hear uh, Shan's authenticity about talking about her dealings with chronic fatigue syndrome, the same challenge that Paul McGee had, the sumo guy yep. on this program. And you know, when you hear about her challenges working through that and then her resource list to do you know, really what we think is an important way of preventing that mental challenge, as we now call it, that uh, mental well-being, um, it's important that I can certainly say to anyone listening here, I've only just met Shanna this morning pre uh, literally for two minutes before we got on on air but I know that anyone who reaches out to her is going to be reaching out to someone who's been there has done it got an answer for it probably got three answers for it and will give you every opportunity to be a better version of yourself and she's not a go-getter she's a go-giver she's ready to give you everything she's got to make sure you're a better version of you because she knows that's going to filter down to your friends your family your peer group making us all a lot better place Shanna, we'll let you have the last word. What, uh, thanks for joining us. What would you like to say in closing? Today? Thank you for having me. I am really passionate. I am, I am a real go-getter, I have to say. <laughs> a type overachieving perfectionist. <laughs> but it has to come with a level of self-care and people need to take responsibility for their own plan. And if you need to get some help and some support, I need help and support all the time. I have a team around me to be a working mum who's travelling, who's married to a travelling CEO, to be grounded and calm and happy and healthy is the most important thing. Get yourself a great strategy that is supportive rather than a strategy that's actually keeping you on that hamster wheel. And I think it's fair to say that if it was easy, everyone would be successful. That's why we need coaches. So it's a, it's a case of having an opportunity to reach out to Shanna Kennedy. This has been Rick Rushton with my good friend Peter Kakos with another exceptional episode of Voices of Value. And I say that quite humbly. And we're hoping that you've found not just content here and not just clarity with your thinking, but you've found the opportunity to share this with your friends, your family, your network, because the power of this podcast isn't so much in the information we give you. It's what you do with it and how you respond to it. So we really appreciate of the opportunity to be in the presence of a great coach, Pete. Thanks, Shanna. Really appreciate it. Wonderful. Have a great day. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be.
If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.